All right. Hey, everybody. Hey, welcome to This Is Not A Meeting. Grab a chair, have a seat around the table. We're the people you come to between meetings. We're a community talking about sobriety, recovery, and overcoming challenges every single day. We do not claim to be experts. We are walking this journey with you, trying to become our best selves. I am Scottage, and around the table today with me, we have... Jimbo. And Brenda. And Brenda. Brenda is back. Uh, Big Joe is once again not able to be with us. And uh, so Brenda is once again filling his seat, feeling pretty confident over there. Did you see him sitting a little higher? <laughs> I, yes, you are. Not quite as tall as he is, but he's. Uh, but you definitely are, are feeling like you or I should say acting as if that is a permanent location for you. This is too. <laughs> so nothing to be worried about, Big Joe. Oh, a lot yeah. of pressure coming back, Joey. A lot of pressure for you coming back. <laughs> you know, he's in. Uh, he's just as competitive as I am. So, uh, Joe, oh, yeah, Joe, I would be a little worried. Yep, there's some change taking <laughs> place. <laughs> as we record this, we are in the midst of a couple different seasons. Um, I mentioned a little while ago that we were in one of my favorite seasons, which was the uh, NFL draft season. And uh, I was immediately reminded about how it's hockey playoffs and baseball season. So... That being said, I'm going to reference that we are in baseball season and hockey season, hockey playoffs specifically, and the Penguins are doing pretty well. Yeah, and it's kind of weird, and I, depending on what friends listen to this, they're going to call me a hypocrite because I'm like the worst <laughs> Penguin fan in the world here in Pittsburgh because I only watch when they're in the playoffs. But it was pretty crazy because the way the NHL does their seating for their playoffs, it it's very hard to figure out if you're a casual fan like myself. For some reason, the Penguins had the third best record in the entire conference, but had to play the top two teams in the first two rounds. Oh, wow. So it was crazy because our before the very first game, our star goalie, this young 22-year-old kid, pulls his groin or hurts his groin somehow. So we had to go to the old reliable Marc-Andre Fleury, who played the first two rounds. And if it wasn't for him, they wouldn't be where they're at now in the conference finals. Huh. And then we had a stinker of a game three in this conference finals, and the coach went back to his bread and butter, his guy. He went back to Murray, who was then healthy. And it was a crazy change, and people in the city went bananas. You can't take out Flurry. Everybody loves Flurry. <laughs> well, yeah. And this young guy. Everybody knows Flurry. Right. I mean, they know his name even. Exactly. And it was just like people were very scared, very skeptical, and say, this coach, he's got the biggest balls. I can't believe he's making such a crazy change. This doesn't make sense. <laughs> and he went out there and stood on his head, and he's won the last two games, and now we're one game away from a return trip to the Stanley Cup Finals. So he went with his gut. And it's one of those things. Sometimes you got to do those small little changes. You can't be afraid to do them if you feel the change is necessary, and which he did. Yeah. Because right. of that one bad game, and he had a hunch, and he went back with, and everyone's like, that was his guy. Because this, our coach used to be our minor league coach, and he saw this kid from the very beginning. And that's why I said to his guy, because he's known him from his entry level to where he is now. Huh. And he went back to him. And based on that hunch, like I said, we're very one step closer to back-to-back -back Stanley Cup championship with one more round to go. But it just made me think about like making those small little changes that can make such a difference in just life in general. And it's obviously, we're the kings of segways around here, but if we can take <laughs> such a major change of changing your goaltender to just changing a couple little things about your lifestyle and become second nature with those changes where they don't even feel like changes anymore, that's where I'm personally trying to get right now. And we talked about it before recording, but like five times in the last couple of years, I've said enough with this fluctuating weight. It's on, it's off, it's up, it's down. 
I'm tired of it. So I just want to be with a couple small changes, have a lifestyle where I eat healthy. What's so wrong about eating healthy? Like it's, <laughs> I make it such a big deal and call it a diet and put a name on it. And I got to do this, got to do this. And I stress myself out so bad. I end up cheating in like a week. I'm drinking a two liter amount and doing going to Taco Bell. Hey, at least you made it a week. Yeah. So now <laughs> instead of doing that crazy thing, I'm just going to take it easy. Like I went food shopping and I bought healthy options. I'm packing my lunch daily. I'm doing a little bit more walking and not crazy things where I get super down on myself. If I don't do it, it's just like, all the other things in my life, it's going to happen. Just try to take it easy and make small little changes. And it's amazing how fast things start to snowball in the right direction compared to a lot of times we talk on here snowballing in the wrong direction. Right, right. I mean, it's, it's, it's Confucius, right? You know, the journey of 100 miles starts with a single step. Did you drink wine with him and Plato on the river? <laughs> He's once again quoting philosopher philosophy from thousands of years ago. I, I am because they were, old. they were very good friends of mine. Well, you're old, so it makes sense. It does make sense because I am old. I'm, but I'm okay with that. I own that. I'm, I am old. But whenever you, whenever you hear those types of things, though, it is that there's just so much truth to that, that there are, everything starts with a small increment. Everything. There's there's nothing that that started out where, at some giant piece, you know. Even even when you start a company, Brenda, as as you did, right. The last thing that you can do is compare your company to some multi billion dollar company. It's like you're you're at year number three. And you, a half. you can't in half. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> whenever whenever that. Uh, that comparison comes into play. You can't compare yourself with somebody who, who has already been down the road for, for decades. It's just, right. it's not going to happen. So you've got to be okay looking where you are and saying, this is where I'm at and I'm taking these steps in order for this to take place. You know, it was, it was a bunch of years ago now, but I started doing that same type of stuff, Jimbo, where, where it was making better choices about eating. And it started because, because we, we were concerned that our daughter had a, had a lactose intolerance uh, condition that was going on. Because everything that we saw said, hey, you know, she's getting milk, she's getting whatever, and then the next morning she's a puke and her gut's out. We said, okay, well, let's start cutting things out. Let's start cutting out cheese. Okay, well, you you just took pizza off of a off of a three year old, you know. <laughs> so, uh, who wants pizza? Well, you can't eat pizza in front of a three year old if if that three year old can't eat. So I stopped eating pizza because I stopped eating the cheese too, and I started realizing I feel better whenever I'm not eating this stuff. And then, and it was just it was one change after another where I, it wasn't. If I would have said, "Hey, I'm going on a diet." And boom, it was cold turkey, everything. I don't know that I could have done it. When the diabetes, uh, when the diabetes diagnosis came in two years ago, if I wouldn't have already had those lifestyle changes put into place, there is no way that I would have been able to embrace this the diabetic diet that I have to that I have to live by now because it was it would have been hell. Right. But I had, over the course of time, taken small steps that, that ultimately changed my lifestyle without me having to say, look, I'm changing my lifestyle, and here I'm changing every single, every single dial on the board right now. And that also impacted you with positive results that you weren't anticipating 
necessarily. Oh, right. My knee stopped hurting. Right. My- <laughs> but you also dropped a lot of weight. I did. I did. And- I dropped, what, about 80 pounds. Yeah. So, I mean, in, and it was uh, just over a period of time when making those changes. And, um, you know, I think, Jimbo, like for you in in your situation where you're not um, like in necessarily with a relationship right now or, you know, in a marriage like Scott was, um, it impacted a whole lot more. I think it would have been easier as, you know, in sing- being single um, because you have the external forces that said, wait, we're not going to get pizza. We always get pizza and a movie on Friday. Are you kidding Friday. me? <laughs> Friday. It was Monday, Tuesday, but Wednesday. I mean, <laughs> but it helped. But it was like, I mean, there was, I mean, times where your choice uh, was impacting others. It impacted Star. It impacted, you know what I mean? You have an opportunity. Nobody's relying on what you're eating. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, it does. I mean, the whole thing about making small steps, it does, I think it does, like, uh, it does help. Well, and you've recently done that as well. Yes. Um, With the the Weight Watchers program that you've been doing. Right. And I I mean, I think it was because a lot of it was, okay, I got to that same place of going, all right, I'm just needing to make some changes. And the hardest step that I always felt was getting to that starting line. Um, and you know, and for me, it was just once I got to that starting line, once I got to that first weigh in, then it was a breeze. Then it was, okay, now I'm going to learn how to do this. But it was like that commitment to go, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make life changes. And for Weight Watchers, I mean, and I'm, you know, for me, it's been a successful thing, but they teach you, they teach you how to make better choices packing your lunch, uh, cutting out on certain things that are higher in fat and higher in sugar, making better choices. It's been good. Well, not to keep this solely about food, because it's it's such a bigger concept. The, the small changes that we can make today change down the road. You know, the long term, if we can keep them in play, you know, it's, it's that idea. Have you ever tried to find something with binoculars on? You know, and and you're looking and you're looking, but it's it's way out there. But boy, if you're off just just a millimeter back here, then you're off like fifty some feet out. You know, out where you're looking, and so you've got to just do those small little movements to bring that long term goal into alignment. And that makes more sense probably in my head if, after I'm just listening to myself no. talking. <laughs> it makes sense. Going, Boy, I, I don't know if that's a big one. But, um, but I do think that, that as we take those changes, whatever you're dealing with and whatever your, whatever your uh, goals are with these types of things, to, to be able to break them down into smaller goals and say, okay, my goal is... I mean, how many how many times have, have we done this where we say, okay, my goal is this big, giant, monstrous goal, and it can feel overwhelming, it can feel undoable, like this isn't something that I can pull off, yeah. And and we get discouraged and we and we start to feel overwhelmed by it. But if we just said, okay, my goal isn't to to do a hundred miles today. My goal is to make it off the couch today. Right. Oh, I can get off the couch. 
you know? And then by the time that we've gotten off that couch and taken those steps over and over and over again, now the miles are starting to accumulate. You know, 10,000 steps on your wrist with a Fitbit. You know, everybody's got these Fitbits on. I shouldn't say everybody has these Fitbits on, but try and find somebody who doesn't have one on. <laughs> Jimbo. <laughs> yeah, he's probably one of the few. I yeah. see. My phone has a... Yeah, oh. see? See, there you go. In some way, most people are aware of this 10,000-step goal, right? Whatever... I don't even know who decided 10,000 steps is is the goal. Hey, Jimbo, wait. You didn't take your phone to the bathroom. You missed all those steps. <laughs> I'm just telling you, get a Fitbit. Uh, I need a Fitbit. Uh -huh. You hear that out there, Fitbit? Send it to Jim. Hey, no, wait a minute. So I'm in this, speaking of goals, so I'm in this, what's called Emerging Leaders for the Company. And it's a program that the that SBA puts on, and, and we get into this with executive coaches, and they help you to set goals long term. And what they just recently said at, at our recent class was if you can, maybe you've heard of this dream board or dream, it's something about visuals. So if you have a goal for something, you're supposed to visually put it in your area, on yeah. your... Okay, yeah, I've heard of that. You've heard of this? Mm -hmm. And it's so, studies have shown, they were talking about this, that if you have a vision, uh, you, something that you see as a goal, that if you put it in front of you and you see it, every day, you're more likely to succeed at that goal. And so they encourage this. So they ask you as a business leader, okay, where do you want to be in your five, 10 years? What is it that you want to do with your company? Because these are all CEOs of the co companies. And so everybody has to put down in their, you know, what they want to see. And um, so a lot of them is, you know, saying, hey, I want to cash out in 10 years or something, or I want to I want to be able to be bought out. Well, they say to get there, you have to do baby steps. Okay, well, what do you, how do you get there? And so it's very interesting because right now in my season of life or in this moment, I'm very much focused on my goals. And that's healthy goals, business goals, and relationship goals. And um, so anyway, it's, I am so big on this visual thing. So I see myself in this bikini at 50, okay? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> ooh. But anyway, so, no, but I mean, there's other things. But I would recommend that if you have a goal, put it in, put a visual out there. If you can't see it, you can't accomplish it. No. Right. It's good to know. Like, you can think about it in your head, and if you can get it out there physically, something to look at, something to motivate you, like you're saying. Right. To take those baby steps to get there. Exactly. It can and, definitely be done. Yeah, and that's where writing things down becomes such a big piece. You know, even if, if you can get a picture of it or something like that, that's awesome. But at the, at the very minimum, write it down. Make it, make it tangible and make it, make it measurable. You know, my goal isn't just to, you know, I, the weight, losing weight is just the easiest one. Right. So my goal isn't just to lose weight. My goal is to be at 173 pounds or something like that. And so, okay, so that's my number. I can now measure on that how close I am. Did I, did I get closer to it? Did I get farther away from it? And if that's my goal, how am I going to get there? What am I doing on a daily basis to try and get there? 
And that's why I kind of like her, the Weight Watcher program, because obviously there's a support system built in with that. The other thing is they're teaching the right way to do it. It's not a crash fad diet. And like, that's kind of the way I'm doing it as well, where I want to achieve that goal and obviously lose weight and be healthier. But I want it to be like a total package kind of deal this time, because before I did the South Beach diet and I dropped 15 pounds in two weeks, it was like, this is unbelievable. And then you incorporate (laughs) dairy again and it comes right back on. So it's just like, what's going on? But if I can incorporate the mental, physical and all those elements together, where like on we talked about before last week, the meditation, if I can be at peace with these decisions, like before I would get discouraged and then just quit everything like, oh, it's not working. I'm done and just give up. Well, now if I'm mentally in a good place, I feel even if I have a bad week or even a bad day, I know tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I can do it again. Right. And that's like the nicest thing where if I can, it's not all about just getting to 173. I'd like to get to 173 with a better mindset and right. doing it the right way instead of right. having it. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. 100%. And you know what else I wanted to tell you is like for me, when I started last February and making some better choices and I look at it now, hindsight backwards, uh, uh, almost 14 months. Okay. I averaged. So over the, over the course of that 14 month, a pound a week. And so, I mean, it do the math. I had some that I gained, but but realistically, I'm at sixty pounds since February, and I've enjoyed life. And it wasn't right, you know. Well, and you uh, did awesome with that too. And I mean, I'm still it, it was going. Discipline. And so here's the cool thing. So Weight Watchers has this, you know, they give you a an incentive that if you get to this goal weight that we set for you because of the BMI. Um, then you don't know you no longer have to pay. You can come and still be part of the group and you just have to maintain because they want you to maintain that healthy weight and feel good. Well, I'm not far from where I need to be. And so when I did the math again, if I said, okay, if I'm I'm averaging a pound a week, then by November I will reach goal. And so it's kind of like, woohoo, I can do this. <laughs> so basically, Scott, what she's saying is you have to be prepared for a Christmas bikini photo op. <laughs> yeah. She might be yeah. at her goal. All right. That's right. Middle of the winter in Western you Pennsylvania know, in a bikini. Listen, but hey, things know. sag at first. I'm sorry. I don't think a bikini's in my future. It's just that visual, you know? But um, no, it, the, the good thing is it, it's doable when it's smaller chunks. Right. And um, we always have a tendency to bite off way more than we can chew. Mm-hmm. And then it's just that no the pun intended. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and when you understand it as a as a lifestyle change, right? That's that's so huge to say. No, this is just it's a lifestyle change. But I can't change my lifestyle all at once. Right. I can't I can't change everything about my lifestyle at the same time. I can change one thing about my lifestyle, and I can and I can make that stick. And and soon that's become normal, and it's become a part of my lifestyle. Now that's not something I'm changing about my li- about my lifestyle anymore. Right, it and doesn't so, even feel. Yeah, that. and so now I can change this other thing about that I've that I've wanted to work on too, you know, and so I can put that together because the other piece of this as well is just that the sense of discipline that does come into this because I mean discipline you you don't do any of this without some some sense of discipline. The one, Once you get in discipline going on in one area of your life, 
discipline has this way of now finding its way into other areas of your life. If you're trying to get together a healthier lifestyle, you'll find that you're also starting to get more disciplined in your financial world. And you're getting more disciplined in other areas of your life too. It's just, it has, it has this way of that ripple. Yeah. Of just saying, okay, I'm becoming more, a more disciplined person. And because of that, I'm finding new little tricks and new little nuances to also build in some discipline that that's kind of flowing over into other areas. Right. Well, you know, you mentioned about the group or the meeting that I attend, and I mean, I attend it usually Monday nights or Sundays morning, which, which, but my leaders on Mondays, they have brought up, or we have talked in our meeting about our food addiction or, or shall I say, lack of uh, discipline, but I don't think it's any different than what you've talked all along on this, sobriety and, and being able to walk away from temptation and being around, you know different support opposed to, you know, so it's all tied in. It's, uh, we have addictive personalities or something. (laughs) It's like, we, I think we become very, we enjoy the familiar, you know? And I mean, there's people who have from day one lived healthy lifestyles and made, made good choices in one area of their life or another, you know, what, whatever area of life, your life you want to look at, they've made good choices there. And it's just as hard for them to break away from those decisions as it would be for someone who's made other decisions to break away from those. I think we become entrenched in the decisions that we've made year after year after year after year. And our bodies have become routine. I mean, why do I go to Sheets for the Wisconsin Cheddar Bites uh, more often than I should ever? Because I'm kind of entrenched. Addicted. See, yeah, it it might be an addiction. I'm not going to say it's not. <laughs> but at the same time, I also know that it's routine. You know, oh, I'm out and it's lunchtime. Oh, I just head over to Sheets. It's routine. You know, and I don't it's, know, it's Jim, what do you that. think? Yeah, I can see where he's coming from because <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. I usually get the jalapeno poppers at Sheets, but <laughs> also a nice fried item. But it is one of those things where, and it does become ingrained where I know obviously the running joke on this, this is not a meeting, but what is often said in the rooms is where that first thought wrong. If we are able to stop before making that first decision, which is so ingrained into us and entrenched like you're talking about, and do the next right thing. Right. It's amazing how much different the result can be if you don't do (laughs) what you've been doing over and over and over for years upon years. So if you're able to, and we always talk about that pause button, if you can hit it before making that decision to eat another seven fried jalapeno poppers, (laughs) things actually work out better when you pick up an apple instead. Right. Yeah. Or you think, hey, I'm I'm gonna get sober. Okay, well, let me let me get a beer so I can think this over. Yeah, not you a know? good time to think it over. <laughs> it's a little late at that point. To, it's yeah. not the time to do it. Right. Usually, listen. Usually, every time before I'd start uh, a diet, um, I'd always have a Fat Tuesday, regardless of oh, the one final meal. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, oh I, day. Big, I yeah, did yeah. that here a couple months ago. We were filming a podcast. I said, like, I'm going to stop drinking pot tomorrow. I came in with a Mountain Dew bigger than my head. <laughs> like I might well drink it right now. It's my final one ever. I know, right? And it was an ultimatum. This is the last one I'm ever going to drink. And it's just like, 
you're 37. That's a hell of a promise to make, but I'm going to do it. And then two weeks later, I was drinking just as much as I always was. So Yeah. It's crazy. Well, yeah. and see, that, that line of logic never made sense to me. You <laughs> know? All or nothing? It just... Well, it's just that the if you're going to make the decision, just make the decision. You know, I mean, and I'm guilty of it as well, but it's like when you think about it logically, you know, saying, saying that, like saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to start my diet tomorrow, so I'm just going to binge tonight. <laughs> well, that's essentially like saying, I'm, I'm going to stop using my credit cards, so I may as well max them all out today, you know, if I'm going to stop using them tomorrow. And it's, it's this idea of I'm putting myself into so much more chaos and, and crap that I now have to try and deal deal with tomorrow whenever my tomorrow hits. Right. When your body's actually yeah. wanting more mountain. If if yeah. you're gonna make the decision, just just flip and make the decision. You know, don't don't a send off, no send off party. <laughs> hey, <laughs> don't, don't do it. But, it's not worth it. Doesn't even make sense. I don't know why we do that, but when I was um smoking a pack of cigarettes a day and I wanted to quit because it was a healthier choice, literally I know I would I smoked as many as I could uh, when I knew I was going to quit the next day so that hopefully I would get so sick <laughs> that it would it would disgust me and so therefore I would just quit and uh, but I, I don't know why we do that kind of crap but it happens <laughs> well it's a mental game that we play with ourselves I you know whatever it's this, it is it's this okay well I deserve X because I'm going to do Y you know, I'm going to do this other thing, so therefore I deserve to be able to just indulge myself right now. And it is. It's Fat Tuesday. It you is. Know, you know, na- you nailed it. It's Fat Tuesday. <laughs> Every bit of Fat it. Fat Tuesday is there for a reason. I call it that. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? And, uh, yeah. Okay, now let me throw a, a twist to you guys. So, okay, small changes about, we've, we've talked about habits of eating and so forth, but what about a small change of, uh, like, living better with relationships? I mean... You know, I I wake up every day praying and saying, okay, let me uh, do well today That and, you know, I'm going to make a small change. And that means being kinder or being more loving toward people, okay? But at the end of the day, I have to ask myself, did I love well today? It's, you know, especially if you're going to work and you have somebody that is uh, on your nerves, you, you have to force yourself to really to be better at relationships, you know, it's a small change. We another plug for the Headspace app with the meditation, <laughs> but he incorporates with others trying to think of others when you're doing it. Like, what is this by doing this meditation and grounding yourself and centering yourself? How is that going to make other things better with other people? Like, it's going to make those relationships better if you can think of them as you're doing it, because it if you're present with that relationship where if you're having a conversation with somebody and you're not looking over them 5,000 miles past them thinking about what's going down the road, stay in the moment, have that conversation, actually be there for them, be that sounding board that they need you to be, basically be a friend, right? be a person of interest. Like, don't be, by being able to help yourself and make that small change, you are more receptible to helping other people. Right. So this guy, I'm telling you, I'm going to be a guru someday. You're going to see me up on the Himalayan mountains doing a big Zen thing. Yeah, it's going to be nice. Yeah, we'll, but we'll be buying the Jimbo app. Oh very, yeah, for sure. Very soon. Oh. You'll all be following me over to the mountain. It'll be nice. It'll oh, be a yeah. whole retreat over Do you there. Hear, like what is that? Not him or the ohms. Yeah, like the, the humming. The Gregorian monk style. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not quite there yet. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was just curious. <laughs> My neighbor downstairs would probably be 
calling the police. Sure that. I'm like, what is going on up there? <laughs> well, I think with the relationship changes, you need to you need to see that in the same way that you see any of these other changes. That they're lifestyle changes. It's, right. it's a change about me. If I'm going to be kinder in my relationships, then I need to make a lifestyle change that I'm going to become more kind. And envision what you want that friendship or relationship to be. It's not wrong to sit there and obviously put it on paper, but to know what, like it's a two-way street. Any relationship's a two-way street. And we always talk about keeping our side of the street clean. I right. Love that. So, yeah. So if we're able to vision what we want this relationship to be, in the moment, we know how to handle it. Like if we want this to be the end goal, we're not going to be a jerk on Tuesday because that's not what we, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, that's, I totally I think all three of us are on the same page. But it sure. really become it starts with me, right? Yeah. It's it's oh. Michael Jackson. You know, it's, it's the man in the mirror. That's that's who I got to deal with. That's a great you know? song. Uh, Big Joe would have been humming it oh. because that was his that was his tune when he was working out. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> I saw that all too often. Yeah, <laughs> looking in the mirror, flexing. <laughs> yeah, Jojo, we're calling you out about that. But uh, yeah, it, I mean, it is. It's I have to start with me, and if if the if I want. To be kinder in my relationships, then I need to say I need to be a more kind person and incorporate that as a lifestyle change. I kind of question this, and, and I know I play devil's advocate a lot, but let, let me play that here too. You, you've you mentioned about saying, okay, I've got a relationship and I want to be more kind, and, and here's what I want that relationship to become. If I'm changing to try and do that in that relationship, as opposed to just saying I need to be something better in me, am I not becoming codependent? In some regards, whenever I say, I need this relationship to be this way, so therefore I need to change and act in a particular way towards this relationship. But I haven't incorporated it as, I I want myself to be better at whatever. Kindness, graciousness, patience, whatever. I haven't incorporated it in that sense of saying, this is who I, I want to be a more gracious person. Right. And so how do I become a more gracious person? As I become a more gracious person, then all of these other relationships will find more grace because I have become more gracious. Instead of saying, this is a relationship that's, that's kind of pissing me off. Okay, how can I change in order to make that thing turn this other way? And it's, on some levels, I think it's, it's a codependent mentality. To, to try and approach it from that angle. Why couldn't it be lead by example? I mean, that's not codependent. That It can be, but I guess at that point, you're only really, your motivation for doing it is that one relationship. Not because you feel like, hey, this is something in my life that I want to, that I want to be or that I want to change. Because if I change it in me, then I just change the table and the playing field across the board, not just on, in that one relationship. That's like the macro approach to this, like Brendan and I being on the micro, like each individual relationship, like I have goals for each individual in my life of how I want that relationship to be. And all I can take care of is my side of the street, as we always say in the rooms and on this podcast, if I keep my side of the street clean, sort of what you're saying, if I want to accomplish X, Y, and Z, I can internally work on that, which will then improve my relationships. But like maybe me and that person already have that. So I don't need to work on it with that individual. Maybe the one thing that doesn't have us being at 100% is something completely different that doesn't relate to me and Brenda. You know what I mean? Like, so it's not a universal thing where 
if but obviously it kind of is at the same time so i kind of see your devil's advocate point like if i'm courteous to everybody i'm going to be better off obviously as a person or if i'm if i can do just this to make it better for everybody obviously i would do that but like there are certain relationships where we're on point everything's great if i just tweak this a little bit i think our relationship would even go further where i don't have to do that for all my other relationships does that make sense yeah i think it makes sense i guess the it seems like to me you're too broad scaling it where all the relationships like if i just take care of myself everything else will fall into place and i don't think it's that easy because each always. relationship is unique yeah. yeah i don't think it's always that everything falls into place but i guess it's a it's a question of am i changing things about me to appease someone else who might be being the asshole. <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe maybe they've got an asshole thing going on. Right. And I'm thinking, how do I just, how do I, how do I please them? How do I do that? Right. And so, oh, let me do this, because that'll please them. Right. And, and I'm so, notorious for being a people pleaser, so I've done that for years, and that's what I did in my active addiction. And it ended up killing me. Like, I was drinking myself <laughs> to death, because it's like, I can't do this anymore. You know what I mean? So it's like... I totally see what you're saying. Yeah. And so I'm I'm not saying that I'm not saying don't ever try to make relationships better. You know, I'm not that's not the point. I mean, I, and I obviously brought this up as kind of a devil's advocate just to try and get both sides of the conversation going. But there is that side where somebody who is the people pleaser could easily take that and and go down that road of becoming more codependent. And saying, okay, I, I need to do this for this relationship, and I need to do this for that relationship, and I need to do this other thing, where it's not about lifestyle changes at that point and about becoming better as a person or better at, you know, even, even the idea of becoming a healthier eater is about bettering myself. I just heard something from um, this past Saturday night at uh, church, but I, I, I will say it. Chris Marshall brought up this whole um, uh, thing about him growing up in a very angry, with a very angry father. And the fact that he realized nine years ago, and I'm not trying to tell his story, but he told it in the way that he had to stop and pause and change the way he was because he realized that for so many years, he was an angry guy. And so he responded angry to people. But he recognized after a book, reading a book and through the Holy Spirit, that he kind of felt like there was this need for his own change and anger. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. If I can be exposed and change me, maybe I'm an angry person, you know, or whatever, but it impacts everybody in relationships. It, it impacts people I encounter daily, whether I'm on a bus, whether I'm in a Uber. So in general, when people meet me for the first time, I want them to see the best in me. I want oh, them to know. And and but I didn't get here at fifty because. But I, you know what I mean? Because it's a pro progress. I'm under construction constantly. Right, and as Jim would say, it's it's progress, not perfection. You know, we're yeah. we're constantly works in progress, and I that. But what you're saying stems back to my point that if if I'm taking on a lifestyle change of becoming saying like I want to be less angry, okay, well, how am I going to do that? Well, I can I do that through small steps, obviously, of of making my own lifestyle changes, but 
as I do that, it now gives everybody across the board somebody different that they're responding to. Does that, I mean, that's that's what you're essentially saying. Right. And so, and so we've got that sense of, I'm not doing it for one relationship or, or just to appease somebody. Like some of the, the people pleasers are very easily to go to. And, and I, I feel like I was, I had that tendency myself is to say, okay, I'm this, this person, it, you know, they just get really torqued if, when this goes on. So, you know, make sure this doesn't, you know, don't poke the bear, you know, don't, don't do that kind of stuff. And, and so there's a, you can sometimes deny who you are because you're worried that it's going to upset that other person. See, I f- see fear all over that. Absolutely. It's it is fear. fear. You're, it's fear and you're... it's codependence. And, but there's, there's millions of people who, who are like that. But if you can now say, look, I'm not worried about that. What I want to do is become a better me. Right. And I can focus on becoming a better me. Now I can make those those changes and those lifestyle changes, and I can make those small changes that today are small, but down the road are going to be huge because I'm going to be able to look back and say, "Boy, life is so different now." All the thing that comes to my mind right now is in in those situations where you're feeling like you have to please somebody. It, we're at this place where you can just unfriend them. <laughs> uh, you're not in my circle now. Sorry, defriended. Def- yeah. Yep. So I mean, but I mean, it's it, it is about the better me. Uh, just trying to be better and being accountable for who I am daily, and being able to walk up to that person if if you've offended them in whatever way, and be better at it. You right. know. So small changes. Well, and, and with that sense of becoming our better selves, we're going to ask you to go uh, to the group page on our Facebook, uh, on our Facebook. That's right. It is ours. We have claimed it. Definitely uh, ours. Is, <laughs> our I Facebook have to admit, page. I have to go on that Facebook page. The, the group page. Uh, get on there. We, we would, and we'd love to hear hear your thoughts of, of the, the small changes that you're working on and, and what it is that you're trying to accomplish uh, with, with those small changes. Uh, so do us a favor and, and do that. Also, I'm, I'm going to toss out for a personal favor from you as you're listening to this. Share this, this podcast with two other people this week. Oh, that's just, cool. Just mention it to two other people that, hey, there's this podcast I listen to. And, and this is what I like about it. And I thought that you might, you might enjoy it too. So just two people, think of them right now, who, who you'd like to share it with. Get it, out of the, get it out of the way as soon as you get to work, as soon as you get home, whatever. Just get it out of the way and go over to them and start talking, tell them about it. That way you can't forget. But, but do that for me. I, I really would appreciate it. I'm going to share mine with JoJo since he's not on here. <laughs> <laughs> she stole mine. <laughs> no, you didn't. Did I was I? thinking the same thing. Oh, yeah. Jim, oh, we're, you guys we're need more point. friends. I'm you guys ca- need to hey, get Jim more friends. Hey, Jim and I, Jimbo and I, we're on well, Hey, on good it. chemistry here. Huh? Thank, you Sorry, so, thank you so much to FTBA. Uh, you can find them at ftbateam.com as well as Big Joe's Towing. You can find him on Facebook. Uh, both of them are, are very gracious supporters of the podcast and allow us to do this uh, every week and bring this to you every week because of their generous support. Subscribe, download, share iTunes, Apple Podcast, uh, Stitcher, come to the website, oh, social media. We are such, such, All over. We are, we're everywhere. If you aren't seeing us in some places, go and talk to those people on the thing and ask them why we are not being 
displayed. Anything else you want to say before we head out? One more change I'm going to make. Brenda Starr is my <laughs> microphone name. Grace and peace, everybody. We love you. 